You are listening to the Embassy Church Podcast, and here is today's message. As I was listening to um, Sean and listening to Charity, I felt like the Holy Spirit began to talk to me and say, I want you to talk about something, I want you to talk about something different, I've got a word. And so, um, yeah, you guys, you guys don't have to stay up, but thank you, you can sit down, but you can stay, please. <laughs> Uh, in Acts 12, I'm reading from the New Living Translation for the media back there, and I'm going to start at the beginning. And I feel like God has a word for us right now. And uh, so, Father, we just open our hearts to it right now to receive exactly what you're saying. And I thank you, Father God, that as the word goes forth, breakthrough begins to happen right now in people's lives, in our lives, in my life. And Father, that hope rises again. So in Acts 1, or Acts 12, verse 1, it says, About that time, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church. He had the apostle James, John's brother, killed with a sword. And just think about the implication of that for a minute. This is their friend that has been murdered. When Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish people, he also arrested Peter. So not only was their friend killed, but people enjoyed it. And now Peter's been arrested. It says this took place during the Passover celebration. Then he imprisoned him, placing him under the guard of four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring Peter out for public trial after the Passover. But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. While Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. That's a very significant statement. That the church, while one of theirs was, in, was imprisoned, while one of theirs, the church came together and began to pray. And not just a quick prayer, they began to pray earnestly. And it says in verse 6, The night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, fastened with two chains between two, between two soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gate. So there was no way out. There was no way that Peter could possibly get himself out of this on his own. Suddenly, it says, there was, a, there was a bright light in the cell. And an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, Quick, quick, get up. And the chains fell off of his wrists. Then the angel of the Lord told him, Get dressed and put, your, and put on your sandals, which indicates to me that he had no... He had no idea that this was going to happen. He was just kind of settling in. He took his shoes off. And, he said, and the angel said to him, and now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. So Peter left the cell following the angel. But at this time, he thought it was a vision. He didn't even realize it was actually happening. He didn't even know that in the moment he was being released from prison, he didn't even realize it was actually happening at that moment. 
Then it says, they passed the first and second guard posts and came to the iron gate leading to the city. And this opened for them all by itself. An iron gate opened for them all by itself. So they passed through and started walking down the street and then the angel suddenly left him. Peter finally came to his senses. It's really true, he said, the Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod and from what the Jewish leaders had planned to do to me. And this is what I felt the Lord say right now. That there have been, that there have been many of us, if not all of us, in our own life, in our own personal battles, have had felt like all hell has come against you or that you have been prisoned and, and I can't seem to shake this thing. I can't seem to get out of this thing. I, it just keeps coming up against me. And you know what? I'm just settled in now. I've just settled in. It's been too long. It is what it is. I've taken off my shoes. I've taken off my jacket. I'm settling into the pain. I'm just settling in. But the scripture says, but then suddenly, suddenly, the angel of the Lord showed up and said, quick, get up. And I felt like this was a word, quick, quick church, get up. There's been, there's been something that's taken place. And like Peter, he didn't even realize. It, he thought it was something he was seeing. He thought it was a vision far off in the distance where, oh, this is something that will to come. He didn't even realize it was right now. Church, it's right now. That thing that's come against you, it's broken right now you in prison broke right now put your shoes back on put your shoes back on quick 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 get up get up get up quick he says you don't get to settle in here this this was not meant for you to settle into. It may have been long, it may have come unexpectedly, you might have walked into it hurting, there might have been a series of events that happened, but this was not for you to settle in and take your shoes off. Put your shoes back on and get up. And so Peter, quick, he gets up, he, he doesn't even recognize what's happening and, he's, and he goes and what it says, suddenly there was an iron door, like an impossibility, like I've been, there's no way out of this. We broke, the chains fell off and, and, and we got through the guards, but there's an iron door and it says, they didn't even have to do anything at open and I heard the Lord say, I've set an open door before you today. And you thought it was something that you had to do. You thought it was an impossibility. In fact, you've come to this door before and it didn't open. But the Lord says, today stands before you an open door. Get up. Get up. Get up. How do you get up? That thing that you've been battling, that thing that you've come against, maybe it's hopelessness, maybe it's, maybe it's dreams that have gone to die, but relationships, things that you've just been battling, I don't know. You know because the Holy Spirit's talking to you about your thing right now. You pick it back up. You, you begin to believe again. You say, no, I'm walking through this door. Why? Because, because the words come forth. He has set before me an open door. I'm walking through it. 
I'm walking through it. Do you know that there are so many times where we, we, we think, well, I, I don't have enough faith. I, I must not have enough faith because I don't feel it. No, listen, usually it's in the walking. It's in the, I'm just going to do it that the faith actually activates. You don't usually feel all built up and then go into it. It's terrifying. No, I'm, I'm going to do it because there before me is an open door. That's the promise. Before me right now is an open door. And I might have come to shut doors before. And I may have had doors slammed in my face before. But today the Lord has opened a door. And the Bible says that no man can shut that door. You didn't open it. No man opened it. No man can shut it. Okay, so Peter, they walk through the door. And let's look. So then the angel suddenly leaves him. Peter finally comes to his senses, says, oh my gosh, it's true. The Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod and what the Jewish leaders had planned to do to me. We, we, we talked about this last week, the Lord will deliver you. The Lord will deliver you. Your deliverance is now. When he realized this, he went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where many were gathered to pray. He knocked at the door in the gate and a servant girl came, Rhoda, a servant girl named Rhoda came to open it. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that instead of opening the door, she ran back inside and told everyone Peter is standing at the door. <laughs> Another closed door. Peter's standing at another closed door. And, and, I, and I felt like to warn you that when you walk through the door that God's opened, you may come to another closed door, but don't take it as rejection. Don't take it at rejection. Look at what did Peter keep doing? Meanwhile, so she goes and, and she tells them, she says, Peter's standing at the door and they say, you're out of your mind. When she insisted, they decided it must be his angel. He, he was met with some unbelief. They weren't against him. It wasn't rejection. They just weren't sure that they believed. But meanwhile, this is what Peter kept doing. Meanwhile, Peter continued knocking. He kept knocking. He kept knocking. Why? Because the Lord says, knock. And keep on knocking and the door will be what? Open to you. So the Lord has opened a door for us today for us to walk through. But he says, you may be met with another closed door, but that's okay, that's not rejection and that means that you didn't, it doesn't mean that you've stopped, it means keep on knocking. Meanwhile, we keep on knocking. It's not rejection. Meanwhile, they finally opened the door and they saw him and they were amazed. He motioned for them to quiet down and told them how the Lord had led him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers what happened, he said, and then he went to another place.
I just really sense right now that we're that we're in a, a defining moment. I didn't even I didn't even know it was coming. In fact, I was arguing with the Lord on the floor, like, how can I finish the last part of the series? <laughs> But when the Lord opens a door, you walk through it. When the Lord opens a door, and I don't know, I don't know if it's for your healing, if it's for deliverance, I don't know. But I know that there's been many of us waiting and waiting and waiting and hoping and then settling in because we thought maybe it wasn't going to happen. And maybe like Charity talked, about hardness of heart where we took our shoes off without even realizing it. That I, I, can, I, can just, I can just stay here, it's fine. The waiting's been so long, I've become comfortable actually. The putting the shoes back on means that I might have to believe. And that really scares me. The putting my coat back on, the getting up, might actually mean that I might have to acknowledge the fact that I've been really hurt. Listen to me quick, get up. Quick, get up. But we can't miss the beginning of the scripture that says just this, that the church was together praying earnestly. They were praying earnestly for one another, for Peter. Can you turn the lights on, please? You don't have to blare them, but like, there we go. Look at you all. What a beautiful church. I'm not gonna ask anybody to do anything that, that is uncomfortable, but I'm just saying, if you're like, hey, just raise your hand, hey, it's me, I'm the one, I, I've maybe been comfortable, or I've been the one battling. I'm not asking you to come up to the front, I'm just asking for us to all look around and say, hey, it's me, I, I, I've been struggling. I've felt like I've come to a closed door. Yeah, look around, just look around. Hands up, we're not ashamed of this. This is we come together. I've taken my shoes off, the pain's been real, whatever. Let's stand up. You saw people with their hands held high, I want you to hold them in your hearts. together we're going to bring them before the Father. Yeah, if they're close to you and they don't mind, you can reach out your hands, touch them. If they want to be touched, if they don't, don't touch them. <laughs> Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. 
God, we love when you, inter when you intervene and we love when you interrupt because it's better. Your way is always better. And so, Father, right now, we bring every single person, every single person, we stand with them arm in arm as the church, and we bring them to you, and we hold them up, and we say, God, you are the God of the breakthrough. You are the God of the open door. You are the God that closes doors and opens doors. You're the God that does what you want. <laughs> And Father, you said that you have set before us an open door. And so for those who have sat down in the, in, in the hurt, in the disappointment, in the hopelessness, in the waiting, Father, that they're putting their shoes back on. And Father, we bring them to you in the name of Jesus. And we say courage in the name of Jesus, strength in the name of Jesus, hope in the name of Jesus, peace in the name of Jesus, faith rise up in the name of Jesus. in the name of Jesus and we declare breakthrough over them we declare breakthrough over them in the name of Jesus Father God that there's been an interference taking place by your spirit to cause a shift to take place. And Father, I declare right now over them, over this church, over the people, Father, in the name of Jesus, that they have not come and met a closed door, but they have come to walk through this open door. And from this moment on, Father God, they are walking into days of incredible grace. Grace, 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 Father, more than they've ever seen it before in their life, that they're walking into grace. And Father, that there are words that are being opened to them. There is, there is um, visions that are being opened to them that they will see the hand of God and they will know the goodness of God in Jesus' name. And Father, this is a defining moment. This is a defining moment by your spirit. And God, we hold them and we carry them and we will continue to carry them and we will champion them. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. It's 11.30. I get to finish my message. You can sit down. <laughs> You're all like, oh, I was putting my jacket on. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. I really mean it. I, I really feel like this is, this, is a defining, this is a defining moment. And when you go to leave here, know that you didn't just come to a, to a great service and it feel good. The Lord spoke a promise to you 
to hold on to and to carry that I have come in front of an open door and I am walking through it. I'm walking through it. Get up, get up, get up. Thank you, Jesus, get up. The Lord meet them right where they're at, Father. Holy Spirit, I know you're just ministering to some people right now. I thank you that those words resonate deep in them and that there is incredible healing that's taking place. The pain that came in the waiting, the pain that came in the waiting, the disappointment that tried to settle in. Father, I thank you that you're taking those chains off just like you did with Peter. You just showed up and the chains fell off. I just declare right now in the name of Jesus, the chains fall off right now. Chains fall off. Chains that have held you to the past. Chains that have held you to the past in the name of Jesus be broken off of you. You are the God that delivers. You are the God that saves. You're the God that comes in the middle of our mess, in the middle of our disappointments and takes us out of it. Set our feet upon a rock. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So we're in Matthew 6, and I don't, I'll share quickly just to um, bring it to an end, but this is so good. In a, the Lord's Prayer, which is what, we're, what we've been going over and we're at the end part, and it says, in this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, amen. Just to recap when we beginning of it we talked about how this is a relational prayer because it's addressing the father we're coming and saying our father which art in heaven we're coming and sitting with our dad and then it says hallowed be your name and we talked about how he is separate from evil hallowed be your name he is separate from it he's good then your kingdom come, your will be done. Is his way of doing things. We pray through his will at the beginning and at the end, it says your kingdom. That it's about his will, his way of doing things. And it, we're coming and we're praying this daily, putting things into perspective that it's him. It's his will, it's his kingdom. Then it says, give us this day our daily bread. Reminding us that we're to ask daily for provision. That he's the God that provides and he provides not only for us in the physical, but he provides daily words, daily bread for us in the spiritual. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. There's a reminder of I was forgiven. 
that we can talk to God, that we can go to God in the middle of our struggles, that there's that place that he invites us to forgive us our debts. And because we are forgiven, we then can forgive. And then there's that reminder that daily, daily, we release forgiveness. I'm telling you, since we've been doing this, going through this, every time I pray, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna release forgiveness. God, is there anybody that I'm even harboring the smallest little thing and I just release forgiveness? Just, man, it's been powerful. And then do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one that temptation will come, but God is the one who delivers us and we pray protection against the evil one. And then today, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. I wanna point out in, in this whole portion, this whole prayer, it speaks of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. At the beginning, you see it say, our Father, right? So it's talking about the Father, but remember we talked about the word our being Jesus and my Father, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And then it says, your kingdom come. It talks about the kingdom, but you can't have the kingdom without the king. It's talking about Jesus, and then it says at the end, for yours is the kingdom, Jesus again, the power, that's the Holy Spirit, and the glory forever, amen. So the first part of this is, for yours is the kingdom, for yours is the kingdom, so it's all about the kingdom, right? And we're, we're coming, and we're praying, and we're putting it in perspective that God, it's not my will. God, it's, it's not about what I want. It's not about, it's not about my kingdom. I promise you, we all want our own kingdom. We, 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 we want to rule and reign. You saw the disciples, they, they said the same thing. Like, so, when you, we'll look at this later. I'll, I'll show you a verse later. Like, so you're gonna, you're gonna fix the kingdom there, God? Because they wanted to rule and reign. It's, and so daily we're coming and saying, God, it's your kingdom. But I wanna talk about prayer for just a moment and, and I wanna tell you that there's, that God, God has a will, but he has a conditional will and an unconditional will. God's unconditional will is that he's going to do what he's going to do and, and he doesn't need any participation from you or from me and he's going to do what he wants to do because he said that's what he's gonna do. But then there's a conditional will, which requires participation from us. When God said, let me just think here, in the verse that says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I'm sorry, I don't have it written in my notes today, but if my people, what is that? It's conditional, if my people he, he's, he's inviting you into a participation with him. If, if they'll humble themselves and pray, what does he need them to do? Pray. Pray. So that's conditional. There are many things that he has decided that he will not bring into earth or into the now until he gets human cooperation with his desire and his design his kingdom this is the prayer 
your kingdom. God, we want your kingdom. It's partnering with him. One of the primary mechanisms that God has established to determine what he does on earth in your life and in mine is conditional by the presence or the absence of prayer. It's waiting for us to pray. This is why prayer is so important. That's why we can't just be like, oh, I didn't feel like it today. No, no, no. Listen, there are some things in your life that you have wondered why have not come to pass, but I could ask you this question. Have you been praying about it? Maybe you have. I'm not, I'm just, ask our own hearts and our own lives. Well, oh. And this is, this is so important to understand because the enemy will try to bring disappointment and discouragement and cause you to give up. Why? So you stop praying. Because he knows the importance of prayer and partnering with God. Because when we pray, it brings what's in the spirit realm into the natural. James 4 says, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you are amiss that you may spend it on your own pleasures. He's saying, first of all, you don't have what you wanted because you aren't asking. You're not praying about it. But then he says, but then some of you actually are praying about it, but you're praying your own will, not mine. You just want your own selfish gain. So then that's not working either because it's your kingdom come, right? The prayer is filtered through your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But you don't know what's conditional and what's unconditional. That's why you need to be praying about everything. Right? The Bible says pray about everything. It says pray without ceasing. Keep on praying. Without prayer, you become limited to the physical. Prayer is getting the spiritual to enter into the physical. Prayer is not getting God to do what you want him to do. You can't make God do anything against his will. What prayer does is access what God already wants to do, that he is conditioned on your participation through prayer. Isaiah 65, 24 says, it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. What is that? That's his will. Sorry, I already know what my will is. So before you call, I'm gonna answer. So what are we praying? We're praying the kingdom of God. So when it says your, yours is the kingdom, it is about your kingdom, not mine, not anything else, not my agenda. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom, your rule, your way of doing things. And I am partnering with you, with what you want. I'm gonna go about my day today recognizing it's about your kingdom, God. It sets it into perspective. It sets us into perspective. Jesus prayed to the Father, his will. Jesus would petition God. You saw him with the, 
with the fish and the loaves, he went to the Father. And, and what happened, what was in the spiritual manifested itself in the natural. Jesus, say, Father, I thank you. So prayer is about the kingdom of God being manifested down here. It's about the kingdom. Okay, Acts 1, verse 1. Um, Luke wrote Acts. He wrote the book of Luke and he wrote the book of Acts. And so at the start here, he says, the former account I made, o, Theo o Theopolis. He's talking about the book of Luke, the former account I made. Um, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up and after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles which he had chosen to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. He's saying, so... Jesus, after rising from the dead, he showed up for 40 days and he taught us about the kingdom. 40 days. He was talking to us about the things of the kingdom. That's what he came to teach them, the things of the kingdom for 40 days. Jesus had all along, before he went to the cross, all along, you'll see throughout the word of God, when he talked to the disciples, he would say, this is the way the kingdom is. And they never understood it. They never understood. They'd pull him back and be like, Jesus, you want to explain that to me again? Like... But what did you mean by that, right? And Jesus would have to explain it to them. They never understood it. And even at this place, when, when Jesus has been with them for 40 days after rising from the dead, he's talking about the kingdom. They're still not fully grasping it. And I'll show you. Uh, in Acts 1 verse 6, he says, this is what the disciples say to Jesus while he's talking to them about the kingdom, okay? Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him saying, Lord, Will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? They still weren't understanding what the things of the kingdom were. They were still thinking about earthly things because they were wanting to rule. Is it our time to rule yet? <laughs> but then in verse 7, Jesus says this, It's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and at the end and to the end of the earth. They're like, Jesus, are you gonna do it now? Is, is this the time? And he says, You're gonna receive the Holy Spirit. And this is the crazy thing, is they didn't fully understand the things of the kingdom until the Holy Spirit came. Until they received the power. He says, and then, once the Holy Spirit comes, and then you're going to be witnesses, what are they going to be doing? The work of the kingdom. And when, when the Holy Spirit came upon them in Acts 2, what begins to happen, they're completely changed. They're not even the same people anymore. You can read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and these are timid, cowardly men. They don't understand much. They're not really preaching the gospel. Some of them are denying Christ. Some of them weren't there for the crucifixion. Like, they run away, but suddenly the Holy Spirit comes upon them. They receive the power of the Holy Spirit, and these men are changed. They're preaching the gospel. They're standing before uh, leaders and they're not backing down. They're like, I am a changed person. I've got something to do. What are they about? The work of the kingdom. 
So the Bible says, for yours is the kingdom, yours is the power. It's about the power of the Holy Spirit. In Acts 2, the Holy Spirit is where, we'll read that real quick. Acts 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then they appeared to them, divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The Holy Spirit fell and they received power and they began to go. Now the baptism of the Holy Spirit only happened one time, but throughout Acts, you'll see there was a continuous filling of the Holy Spirit. Acts 4.31. And when they had prayed, this is in Acts 4, so a couple chapters later, and when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. What were they doing? They were praying. And what happened? The Holy Spirit came and filled them again. They became filled again with the power of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5.18 says, Do not be drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but ever be filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. Another version of it says, it be being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, meaning this is something that you have to continuously do. You need to be continuously filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. So I have a job in the kingdom. God says, hey, you are of me. This is your inheritance. You're going to do the things of the kingdom. But listen, you got to do the things of the kingdom by the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's not a one-time deal. You got to show up and you got to be being filled, continuously being filled. So for yours is the kingdom. I'm going to do your will because you have called me to do the work of the kingdom. Yours is the power because it's not by might. It's not by my power, but it's by the Spirit of God. I'm going to do it by the Spirit of God. I'm going to do it by the power and the boldness that the Spirit of God gives me. And I'm going to continuously do it because the Word of God says I got to keep being filled. How did they do it? Prayer. They're praying. And then for yours is the glory. It's all about his glory. So when the Holy Spirit came, they all received power and they began to do amazing things. I'm sure they were mind blown. They began to do amazing things. They were preaching, things were coming out of them. They were saying things. Peter who had denied Christ was now bold for Christ and was going like they, they were like we just read Peter getting out of prison, like crazy things were happening. They were seeing people healed. Amazing things were happening. People were flocking. The church was being added to daily. It, there was just amazing things going on. But here's the key. For yours is the glory. When the Holy Spirit comes upon us, and, and, and there's no respecter of persons, all of us filled by the Holy Spirit, can be filled by the Holy Spirit, continuously being filled by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit gives us gifts, each of us individual things for the work of the kingdom, amazing gifts, all of us, we could all sit and say like, you're awesome at this and you're awesome at this and they're gifts from the Holy Spirit. And when the power comes on you, there's always a tendency 
for you to think it's me. Or when people begin to flock to you because they're amazed and they want to give you glory. That's a dangerous place to be. In fact, the scripture that I was just reading to you in, um, with uh, Peter getting out of prison, it later goes on, it talks about Herod. And people really liked what Herod was doing. And it says something along the lines of, and I'm going to paraphrase, but it says something along the lines of when Herod took the glory for himself and didn't give it to God. It's a dangerous place to be. So for yours is the kingdom. I'm here to do the will of God. And I'm reminding myself, God, this is about your kingdom. And I'm going to say, yours is the power. I need the Holy Spirit's power to do the work of the kingdom. When I receive that power, I'm also going to remember that it is all about your glory. Not about mine. And that you will today, in everything that I do, I will keep in perspective that it is about your glory. 1 Peter 4 verse 11 says, If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability with which God supplies. There's the power. You're doing it with the ability that God supplies. It's not me. That in all things God may be glorified, there's the glory, through Jesus Christ to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever, amen. Last verse, and Robert, if you can come up here real quick. Romans eleven thirty six. it says, for of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever, amen. Look at this, for of him, that's the kingdom, Through him, that's the power, and to him, that's the glory, are all things. For of him, the kingdom, through him, it's the power, and to him, all the glory, are all things. So the end of it is, for it's your kingdom. It's not mine, God. It's your power. It's not my own strength. It's not my own ability. It's the gift that you gave me and your power and your boldness on it to do the work of the kingdom. It's not about my glory. It's all about your glory. Amen? Amen. All right, we're going to stand up and uh, we're going to read the scripture again one last time. I'm going to read it in English. And Robert's going to... Robert's going to pray it in Cree. So if you speak Cree, you can, you can pray along with him. You can, if you speak English, you can say it with me, and we could all try to do it in Cree. No. <laughs> yeah, just um, repeat after me. <laughs> oh, can we record all of us? <laughs> all right, can we put it up on the screen? We'll do it in English first. In this manner, therefore pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Robert. I hope that this series has blessed you as much as it's blessed me. It's just really good to be reminded of Jesus saying, in this manner, let's, let's pray like this. Recognizing that it's not something that it's just we, we ramble off, but it's a pattern that he says, hey, don't forget these things. For more information about Embassy Church, visit our website at embassychurch.ca.